Hey, Thunder fans, Nick Gallo here at the helm of the Thunder Basketball Universe podcast today. My co-host Paris Lawson is on vacation, but don't fear, we've got the rest of the Thunder broadcast team here to talk about the 2021-22 schedule release. Let's get right into it. It's the Thunder Basketball Universe. Welcome in, Thunder fans. The big news this week is that the NBA released the 2021-22 regular season schedule. All 82 games will be broadcast on TV on Valley Sports Oklahoma and on the radio on the Sports Animal at 98.1 FM. I've got Thunder broadcasters Chris Fisher, Michael Cage, and Matt Pinto with me to break it all down. Just one quick note off the top, tickets will go on sale at OKCThunder.com starting this Thursday, August 26th at 10 a.m. Central Time for games in the first half of the season from October through New Year's Eve and tickets for the second half of the season, they'll go on sale in November. And guys, so as you can imagine, the Thunder is thrilled to have fans back in the building at Paycom Center this year. And I know we're all pumped to have some live basketball to watch and discuss. Chris, I, I want to start with you as we break down the schedule. Take us from the preseason opening night all the way through to Thanksgiving. Well, first and foremost, I think that the one thing that stands out with this schedule is the actual start date of this season, which reverts back to kind of the regular pre-pandemic start time with the preseason getting going in October and the regular season getting going in late October with the opener for OKC being on October 20th against the Utah Jazz. And there were some big questions of, would we go back to this regular schedule? And if so, how would we get there? And over the, the last 19 months of this pandemic, we've seen through two shortened off seasons and a shortened regular season of 72 games that we are indeed going to go back to the regular format where there are 82 games. So I think that first and foremost, that's reassuring. And if there was any confusion for fans, they should know that this will be a regular, regular season per se. And so that means that OKC We'll be getting going training camp in late September, September 28th, with the first preseason game being October 4th. So that's a pretty quick turnaround. Now, the preseason will run over the first three weeks of October. And, of course, the regular season. And seemingly, these big dates go with the Utah Jazz. And so the opener with Utah on the road, if anybody remembers back to the 2019-2020 opener, that was against Utah. And then, of course, that infamous game with Rudy Gobert. On March 11th, that was against Utah. Then the restart in the bubble in Orlando was also against Utah. So these two teams seem to be playing some really headline games. Now, that's not going to be the only headline game for OKC, of course, over the first 18 games leading into Thanksgiving. They've got a big home opener against the Eastern Conference team, against the Philadelphia 76ers. That's kind of sandwiched in with a bunch of games against the Western Conference. And it is going to be a bunch of marquee games when you look at who they're going to have to play early on. We're talking about some of the big hitters in the West, particularly the Lakers twice, the Golden State Warriors twice, uh, the Utah Jazz will be twice. And then when you go back to the Eastern Conference, you've got the Brooklyn Nets and the Milwaukee Bucks, the defending champs in the NBA. So there's going to be nothing easy over the first 18 games for OKC, this young team that – is going to be trying to take those steps, trying to find itself, trying to find its identity in the early part of the season. And when you look at some of the teams that they're going to be playing, it's certainly not going to be easy. So some big marquee matchups, certainly some fun matchups. Uh, nonetheless, it's going to get going on October 20th against the Utah Jazz. So I know that we're all looking forward to that. Chris, you think about, you know, getting fans back in the Paycom Center and, 
Can't get much better than Philly, Golden State, the Lakers, that first week of games. So it should be good. Matt, why don't you take us kind of from there where Chris left off through December through to the All-Star break? Yeah, a lot of times when the schedule comes out, guys, I view it from a fan's eyes. And I know that there are specific players that they'll circle that they'd love to see at Paycom Center, and it will be on their radar. And December is chock full of those sort of scenarios for the Thunder on the 10th. They've got Russell Westbrook and the Lakers in. It's going to be bizarre to see Russ in a Laker uniform. That's sort of a childhood dream fulfilled for him. So uh, happiness along those lines. And then two days later, Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks followed on the same homestand. Or actually, it's it's a bit removed from that homestand. On the 20th of December, Stephen Adams in a Memphis Grizzly uniform, which will be <laughs> a bit unusual. John Morant, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. company. That's going to be a fun matchup between two young, blossoming teams. Then the 22nd, the reigning MVP, um, Nikola Jokic and the Denver Nuggets are in. Those teams always seem to, especially in Oklahoma City, play tight, uh, taught games, and I suspect that will be a similar scenario that night. No Christmas Day game for the Thunder for a second consecutive year. They've got some time around that holiday, which I know will be welcomed by the players and staff, us uh, included. Uh, the traditional New Year's Eve game will be on tap at Paycom Center, and that will involve uh, now an all-star in Julius Randle, Kemba Walker, who we knew for a brief moment uh, in Oklahoma City, uh, and the New York Knicks are in to take the thunder on. Transitioning into the new year, uh, a home-and-home home early in January with Carl Anthony Towns in Minnesota. That's on January 5th and 7th. Then the longest road trip of the season in late January, the 17th to the 22nd. I think it'll be a really competitive road trip. Four games at Dallas, at San Antonio, at Charlotte, at Cleveland. Those are all teams, maybe the Mavericks are moved, that are kind of feeling their way as well. Maybe a bit of a rebuild involved uh, with San Antonio and Cleveland for certain. February brings Steph Curry and what I suspect will be a much tougher opponent in the Golden State Warriors to Paycom Center on February 7th. Then a three-game Eastern swing right before the All-Star break. Philadelphia, Chicago, and New York. And the final game before the All-Star break uh, is against the San Antonio Spurs on the 16th of February. Uh, and always the other thing, guys, I, I view when the schedule comes out is birthdays. So off on November 11th for my son's 13th birthday and off February 19th for my 29th, 30th birthday, something like that. <laughs> That's the All-Star break. Matt, congratulations. We'll get you a cake there with, what do you, what do you want, 29 candles on that one for, for that day off? Maybe they'll be. If you don't have that many, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, it should be a great stretch, though. A really challenging one in January. You'd mentioned that long road trip, six out of seven on the road for the Thunder in that stretch. And Mike, as you think about this young team, as they close out the season, they're going to be building. They're still going to be working on their crafts as the team comes out of the all-star break and goes down that final stretch to the end of the season. Just show, tell me what you're thinking about that final stretch there. Well, you know, you're hoping, I mean, I'm going to put you in, in my frame of mind. I'm an optimist, so I spend most of my days smiling, okay, first of all. And, and when you get to this point in the schedule, you got to realize you start to see what the players are like, their tendencies, the young core group of guys that you have on the squad, the faces from last year, young faces from, from last year, new faces from the draft, all of a sudden they start to grow up a little bit and they start to figure this game out. We talk about it on air, Chris, Matt, myself, even you, Nick, and Paris, how the game starts to slow down. You start to hit this point where you're in post-All-Star break. You're playing mostly West Co Western Conference teams, which you play the majority of anyway. So you're kind of telling yourself, maybe I can be pretty good at this game. You know, I can figure out most nights how to be a player, how to prepare myself, uh, accept the travel because, you know, with this um, new schedule, 
that seems to be really I, I, what I would call player friendly. It's, it's going to really, I think, take away a lot of, I, I would think, rest days. And so, because it's, it's really, at this point, you're saying, all right, I just had a week off and we're starting with Phoenix, you know, who, who you know, as we all know, we're in the, you know, NBA finals was probably the surprise team uh, last year, if, if, if any at all. No, I think arguably, but you start out that all-star break with them, except in the fact that, look, you know, this is just how it's going to be. We're a young Oklahoma City Thunder team. The schedule doesn't matter at this point because the part that, you know, Chris and Matt talked about, if you got through that, you get to this point, it's all downhill basketball. And that's kind of how you see the schedule. You look, you look at it that way. You know, it's been a, you know, it's, it's not a sprint. It's more of a marathon. And collectively, this is where you start to see guys start to have separation in what you expect from them and the consistency that they can give you on a night-to-night basis. And Mike, four out of the 14 total back-to-backs come in the first five weeks after the All-Star break. That'll be tough, grueling times for for this uh, young Thunder squad, but good to kind of forge some of that toughness and uh, they'll have a good long homestand, uh, Atlanta, Detroit, Phoenix, Portland. That'll be the final homestand of the season. And then a road trip, Utah, and then the two LA teams, the Thunder finishing up with the Clippers once again, uh, back-to-back years that they've finished up with the Clippers. So that should be good. All right, guys, thank you very much for the breakdown. That's a wrap for the schedule. It's a really balanced one this year. No month has more than seven road games. No month has more than eight home games. So Thunder fans, no matter your schedule, you'll have 41 great opportunities to come down to Paycom Center to catch a game. And once again, be sure to jump on the opportunity to buy tickets at okcthunder.com starting on Thursday, August 26th. Before I let you guys go, I just want to chat with you all about the Thunder roster and and maybe what factors you're most excited to watch play out over the course of this upcoming season. We talked about the the schedule. Let's talk about the guys that are actually going to be on the floor. Mike, uh, let's start with you. Well, you know, first of all, this is uh, it's always a challenge whether you're trying to mesh veteran players with veteran players that get acquired or, or traded to a team. It's no different when you have young versus young. And I think that's probably the biggest thing I'm looking forward to is seeing how these guys match up, how they, you know, the, the chemistry is with Lou Dort, Darius Baisley, Shea, and, you know, just trying to figure out, you know, you know where it all lands. Teo Maladon, I think he's going to be I'm expecting him to really be the player I saw in some, in summer league. His confidence just keeps shooting through the roof. Once again, he was another guy on the roster who was under 20. Uh, Josh Giddy, now he didn't get a whole lot of time in summer league because of the injury, but I'm looking forward to seeing how those two work together and how that, you know, spreads through the team because there's no real pressure, I think, on Teo or Josh to figure out that point guard position right away. You got guys who can play in between that, with you know, expecting maybe a little bit of that from Lou and maybe a little bit of that from Shea. So a lot of possibilities and a lot, you know, a lot of upside. A lot of versatility on this roster too, Michael. I, I think you, you look at guys that are capable of playmaking and helping teammates out, making teammates better. So I think the synergy will be fun to watch evolve. I'm not sure this will be a positioned team. In other words, designated positions. I think we'll see a lot of inversion of big men coming high and some of the of the guards on this team being able to play more off the ball this season as it evolves and unfolds. And I think that's going to be fun. It'll be a fun brand of basketball. The one thing we learned about this team a season ago with the core, which is back this year of you mentioned Lou and Darius Baisley and Shea Gildas-Alexander. Uh, you know, I, I think that they showed a willingness to evolve and to be coached 
and to make adjustments and adapt to what Mark Dagnall's system is all about. And that was fun to watch as this team was intact and together. Now you're adding four rookies. Josh Giddey's playmaking ability can be jaw-dropping based on what we've been told, and I think we're anticipating seeing that. I think, you you know, Trey Mann shot, showed in his brief summer league stint an ability to create shots for himself, which is going to be a fun dynamic in this offense uh, as well. And then Robinson Earl um, seems to really understand the game and his basketball IQ is going to fit well in what the evolution of this team is going to be all about. So um, really excited to see how this young squad meshes, Chris, and uh, you toss in a veteran like Derek Favors, bringing rim protection, veteran leadership in that locker room. I, I'm excited to see how this all comes together. Yeah, one of the words... Matt, that, that you just mentioned that I think is really important is just how young this team is and, and picking up on one of the themes from last year, uh, just the growth, the opportunity, the development, the ability to uncover potential. I think that we're going to see some of those themes yet again with that blend between one of the veteran players, like you said, and Derek Favors and the youth on this roster, because th- there is so much untapped potential. And so one of the themes is going to be the individual progress of these guys and how they take a step forward. Like we saw last year with SGA and finishing games and Lou Dort getting opportunities to handle the basketball. Some of those individual progress components and then the collective progress as a team. What is the identity going to be? Uh, one of the fun problems I think I'm really looking forward to seeing for Mark Dagnall is how is he going to implement all of these guards? Because there are so many guards. And as you said, Matt, kind of positionless basketball where you have so many of these guys that can handle the basketball, but they can also play off the ball. We saw that from SGA, Luke Dort, uh, Kenrich Williams, who, who played a little bit of everything last year. And then you you, you have the, the young players and Josh Giddy and Trey Mann and Taylor Maladon. How did they sort of immerse into that group? So it's a good problem for Mark Dagnall to have. There's going to be a lot of guards or a lot of talented guards, of course, one basketball. But as we've seen with this team, one of the ethos is – they are very unselfish, and they will find a way to come together and try to play together as a team. I think that we saw that last year. So um, a lot of opportunity for this young group. I know that we're all looking forward to kind of seeing how do they ultimately come together, and we'll get to see that when training camp starts. Hey, Chris, Matt, let me ask you guys a question. What's the difference coming into training camp this year, being young, as opposed to coming into training camp last year, young as well. Is there a difference? Yeah, I mean, you've had the whole offseason for them to get integrated on some level to what Thunder basketball can be, to begin to learn one another. So I think that the normalcy that we've seen to this point will absolutely benefit that that chemistry and the trust they'll begin to build among each other. We having a summer league right, right. and all of that. Yeah, yeah. the competitiveness. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And some of those familiar names that, that were maybe a little bit more question marks last year, we have a little more knowledge of. Guys like Lou Dort, guys like SGA, guys like Darius Baisley that now have a year under their belt. And there's new players that kind of take their place who we don't really know a whole lot about. And as time goes on, they'll reveal their games and they'll reveal their progress. Maybe even some of that progress that we saw from Summer, summer League and just getting into the gym at OKC, which – wasn't really a realistic opportunity last year. So uh, th- there's going to be a lot that's going to be revealed here coming up in the next couple of weeks. One thing that stands out to me is, is something Mark Dagnall's always said about Shea Gilgis-Alexander. You give that guy an offseason, he comes back better. I think the same can be said of a lot of these young guys. And I know I'm, I'm just thrilled to, to get a look at it and get a glimpse of how this is all going to come together. You're not going to find this kind of analysis anywhere else. A 15-year NBA vet, 
two play-by-play guys who are embedded with the team. So Thunder fans, be sure to tune in all season long to Bally Sports Oklahoma and 98.1 FM, the sports animal, to hear our whole crew discuss this young roster, track the growth of each of these guys all season long. Chris, Mike, Matt, thanks a ton for joining me today. Well, these last couple weeks of August are usually the quietest ones on the yearly NBA calendar, so there's not a ton on the horizon, but be sure to check out OKCThunder.com and our at OKCThunder social channels for my feature story on Poku and Paris's feature on Teo Maladon. Both of these are coming out within the next week, so be sure to dig into those either this weekend when you got some free time or maybe while you're at your desk, slide that spreadsheet to the side and read about two of the Thunder's most intriguing young prospects. Thanks for listening, and a big thanks to Chris, Michael, and Matt. A shout-out to Paris, of course, who's hopefully enjoying a well-deserved break. And as always, a huge thanks to our producer, Matt Bishop. Be sure to like, rate, and subscribe to the Thunder Basketball Universe wherever you get your podcasts. And until next time, Thunder up, and catch you later. Later.